Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From Transmitter Media, this is Rebel Eaters Club, and I'm your host, Virgie Tovar. I can't wait for you to meet my guest today. Her name is Vashina Turner. Vashina is an artist and musician based out of Fresno, California. She is the bassist in one of my all-time favorite bands, Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries. They have a riot girl sound and they sing about things like working at the mall and navigating fat phobia. They hand out pizza from the stage. They have backup singers called the Quesadilla Angels. The lead singer, Amber, plays the xylophone while wailing into the mic. And Vashina is right there, front and center stage with Amber, shredding on her bass. They are awesome. The first time I saw them perform, it was like that scene in Wayne's World, the first time Wayne sees Cassandra. Heart eyes for days. Whoa. But before that magical moment, Vashina was deep in diet culture for a long time. And her relationship to her base and to being in a band coincided with her decision to stop trying to make herself small. I love how she taught me that creativity and art can be part of saying goodbye to diet culture forever. Vashina, welcome to Rebel Eaters Club. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm just so excited to talk to you. Before we even get started into the questions, we have to have our snack. Ooh, okay. What are we eating together today? Ooh, so we will be snacking on one of my most favorite, most delicious and decadent treats, Mm. creme brulee. Mm. 
I love that you can like crack that sugar on the top. Yes. It's very like creamy and very textural. So that's why I ended up wanting to do this with you because, you know, you're just so perfect and textural. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel the same way about you. Oh, thanks. I have many thoughts about the creme brulee as metaphor for our entire relationship, but I'll get into that in a minute. Should we tap the sugar together for the for the benefit of those listening? Oh, let's do that. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Ooh. Ooh. I hit the plate too. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> mm. Mm. And mine came with fruit. So I just got a raspberry Ooh. in mine, which is really good. I love that. I mean, I just took my first bite and I'm just immediately transport it. It's like this whole body experience. It's like the caramelized sugar is just so good. And then the creaminess, Mm -hmm. it's thick with like three C's, maybe 14 C's, like (laughs) thick. Um, (laughs) And I just love like a thick ass creamy dessert. That's like the Uh, Same. (laughs) Same. I have to tell you. Okay. Mm. When I found out that you had chosen creme brulee, um, I was so excited because creme brulee and tiramisu were like rallying cries for me after I left diet culture. Like I had been in the prison of diet culture for so long and all I wanted was these foods that symbolized in my mind like such a celebration of life and a celebration of the body and its capacity to feel – you know, after years of diet culture, it felt like those were those were like my patriarchy smashing tools of choice was I was like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to talk about you and I'm going to be a feminist and I'm going to write about this, but I'm also going to just bask in pleasure and deliciousness and all the things that I felt like I had been told I wasn't allowed to have as both a fat person and I think as a woman um, – Mm-hmm. Dessert was sort of this symbol of aliveness that felt really powerful. I I mirror that so much because, you know, like so much of my young life was like really trying to fit into a space that I will never be able to <laughs> be admitted into, you know, like as a fat Black queer woman, mm. you know, like I had to, or I felt at least that I had to try to fit into a society that I, like I said, that I would never actually fit into. Mm. But one of the coolest moments was like after high school, like leaving that space of um, feeling like you're under this microscope, like after leaving that feeling in that space I actually got a job at a French bakery oh, and oh I would goodness. ride my bike to work <laughs> and every day at the end of the day we would like be able to take snacks home and like I would always ride home with my little baguettes and my little creme brulees oh. and my little fruit tarts you know like just in my basket and you know I just in those moments I just felt so free and so like comfortable in my body and and I wanted the world to know I was about to eat all this delicious food you know? <laughs> and so I feel like those those really for me were the days of accepting accepting this body that I'm in and loving it and like really treating it to the finest finest desserts you know yes and I think that the the element that is really powerful about it too is sort of 
that it's a little extra, you know, like there's something a little bit like that sense of, you know, I'm not just going to make peace with food. I am going to love the fucking shit out of food. (laughs) And I feel like for me, that's what this dessert represents. Absolutely. And I I never would have imagined being able to eat French pastries and like, and be happy and fat, you know, like I would never have thought of that as a kid. You know, there's just so many other layers of other people's things that made it so that I felt I wasn't worthy of this food. Yes. I mean, I want to go back to that little shy kid who didn't feel like they could take up a lot of space. Um, Can you talk about what your upbringing was like when it comes to food and eating? Like what lessons did you pick up where and how? Ooh, so most of my family is fat. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have lived this life. This is us. But with that being said, because we are also Black, because I live in a very conservative town Mm -hmm. that is primarily white, there was a lot of trying to fit into whiteness so that we could survive, you know? And so fatness came into that. It was a part of that. It was like, okay, so you have to be small. You have to make sure that nobody's looking at you or picking you out or othering Mm -hmm. you. So you have to try to fit in, right? You have to be little. And my mother at some point was like, cool, let's get you on some diet pills. We're going to get you on a a meal plan. We're going to figure this out. You know, there was just a lot of practice of making sure that people didn't know we were poor, make sure people didn't like pay so much attention to my blackness or fatness, you know, Mm -hmm. like I had to try to, to divert a lot. But then eventually I just looked around, to be honest. I just looked around at my aunties and my cousins and my mom herself, you know, and I just like, look at how happy we are together. Look at how much we enjoy cooking. Like my mother's a a caterer sometimes and like has her own business, but we spent so much time like trying to fit into the spaces that we were in that I felt like I couldn't even be excited about food when I was younger. I couldn't even be happy that my mom was making this giant pot of gumbo, mm. you know, that smelled delicious. Like um, I could smell it on my walk home from school, you know, like all the way. Like it just, I couldn't be happy about those things. It felt like, but as I grew up, as as my relationship with my mother and family progressed, we started celebrating each other so much more and even helping with my mother's business. And so like really the the denial of food started wearing away. Yeah, it just then became more of a celebration of of taste and flavor and her being really successful in in being a cook. And so it just became less important to fit into white culture because we finally had something that we could do with each other that we could like celebrate as a family. Yeah. I mean, I really relate to um, parts of what you're talking about. I think in my house, diet culture and restriction was about assimilating into whiteness and and Americanness, Mm -hmm. like American ways of eating. And also, I don't think I'd ever really realized it until you just said it, that fitting in is about being small, whether it's your energy or your passion or your love or how you eat or your body. Mm-hmm. You know, we're expected to shave these things down and that it, it's 100% connected to survival. Yes, even how you speak and yeah. and when you laugh or enjoy life, you know, you have to do it quietly. Yes. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm kind of curious, right? Like what was happening as you were transitioning from this person who was a little bit, you know, trying to fit in to someone who was on this amazing beach cruiser with with baguettes and creme brulee? Like, did you have an artistic practice? And how did that shift when you started to sort of make that shift in your own life? Ooh, so I I feel like first it was going to punk shows, to be mm. honest. Like, you know, I came from a household of folks who loved gangster rap and R&B and gospel music mm. and all this stuff. So just even going to a space where the music was so different was already a big change in my life. But I loved it. I loved like, okay, cool. I'm going to step out of the archetype that I've seen in front of me. I want to experience bumping into a bunch of people at a show mm. and moshing. I want to experience like being on stage and and screaming about my experiences. I want to be able to create in all of these different ways. So I, I really just started going to shows and then um, one of the shows I'd gone to was this band Needy Evie. Um, and Audrey, the drummer for Fatty Cakes Now, was the drummer in that band. Mm. And truly, I fell in love. It was an all-girl band. They were playing like punk and indie music. They were taking up a space that it was, it, the lineup was nothing but men and them. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and you know, I was stand toward the back, you know, because I kind of didn't want to like disrupt. Even at that moment, I was still diminishing myself. Mm. You know, even then, at first, I was still trying to be the black girl in the back so that I wasn't picked out. But I just fell in love with watching them play. I needed that space. I just I felt so empowered seeing another black person mm. taking up space in this in this world that again was never afforded to us. Mm-hmm. So I just kept watching them, watching them. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna get in a band that's all women. We're gonna do this. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, and that just changed my whole life. Yes. Yes. I mean, I I'm sort of curious if like for you, like what does your creative practice like I mean, I'm curious about that. You're talking about how it emerged at the same time as you sort of made these decisions to stop trying to fit into certain molds. Like what role did diet culture and your relationship to food play in that? Ooh, so um just in general starting to play music really helped me um just evolve into body acceptance in general into all like all the way into body love and positivity um which is I feel like what fatty cakes is right now but just the start of music in general my first band um they put me in the front I was the lead and I had never played my instrument before mm. I had never been the lead before and so um, taking up that space really helped me to to see myself fully and to experience my body and and other people viewing me without judgment, you know, and even being excited, you know, like people were so supportive. I just really grew into like loving and performing fatness, like with fatty cakes for sure. And so I really, I feel like Fatty Cakes is the culmination of riding my bike and playing in a band and working at a bakery and finding finding love through my relationships with my friends. Um, like 
passing out pizza while we sing Pizza Girlfriend and having a food fight with you, Virgie, (laughs) while we did Fat Girl Tears and doing all of the creative things around being a fat person has, I don't know, just really like evolved me. I feel like I'm at my full Charmander, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Full Charmander, yes. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer. So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle-to-everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G-connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, 
Why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Yeah, passing out pizza was like, (laughs) to me, was already the most exciting and fun and inventive way to talk about eating food in public and being yourself at the buffet and, yeah, just truly living in the moment. Oh, I love that. Can you talk a little bit more about being yourself at the buffet? (laughs) Yes. So that is one of my favorite Fatty Cakes lines, be yourself at the buffet. Because, you know, I don't know if you've, well, I'm sure you have experiences, first of all. (laughs) People will watch you eat if you are a fat person. Mm -hmm. If you are at a buffet and you fill up your plate, they look at you. Mm. You know, they're like, mm. You know, like there's so much judgment around you. And so being yourself at the buffet is so important. I want you to see me have fun and enjoy this life because I should. I have every right, you know. Yes. And so it feels good to to carry that sentiment, you know. And I think of that every time we go out, like every time I go do something for myself, every time I want to eat, like I will go in because that's what I want to do. And I want to live this life enjoying this body, enjoying my taste buds. And I want to experience all my senses, right? I want people to hear that you can live that life, you know, because it took so long for me to get there. It took years. It it took going through being in bands with men and not really having a space to talk about my femininity, my queerness, my fatness, my blackness, you know, Um it took all of that to get to where I am right now. And I I just want those steps to be so much so much shorter for people, you know, like I want it to be so much quicker to get to that point of seeing yourself as worthy and and beautiful, you know. Oh, yes. I think there's there really is a power in because right, like for the most part, the people we see on stage are the people who the culture tells us we're supposed to be like. Um, And so, you know, often they're thin people, often they're white people, often they're straight people and cis people and able-bodied people. And I think there is that extraordinary power when you see someone who sort of, quote unquote, maybe like it doesn't quite fit in the picture. It's so Mm -hmm. powerful. It's so intoxicating because it really is like that sense of, you know, who gets to have all eyes on them? Who gets to have that moment where people are inspired by them? And I think it's very yes. disruptive when that's a fat person or a black person or a queer person. And I, that's, that's, I feel like that's what you're talking about. Yes, the representation. It is really about the representation because to see somebody break out of that mold is so powerful that it is inspiring. Like, and really just to watch somebody who you, who you assume shouldn't be in that space, create movement in that space, like literal movement. People are stoked, running around, cheering, (laughs) bouncing off each other, like loving each other, picking each other up when they fall, like watching folks be in this community because 
of this person who's breaking the mold is so, it's fire. It's literal fire inside of you. You know, it just made it so that I needed to, I needed to be there. And I wanted to do that too. I wanted other people to see this fat body, this black person talk about how (laughs) this political world is fucked up, how (laughs) racism and Nazis are fucked up. You know, Mm -hmm. like I I want people to see this fat black body talk about how working at the mall sucks. You know, (laughs) like it just is, it's important, you know, it's important. And it goes back to that feeling of taking these big leaps instead of baby steps that I felt like I took. For instance, um, we played this show in Fresno. It's like a kind of like a bigger show. It's called Grizzly Fest here. Mm-hmm. And my niece, who was probably six at the time, was so excited that I got to be on the stage. And so we actually invited her up on the stage with us for that show. So she brought like a cute little ukulele and she had this whole outfit planned, you know, like she she got to be in the limelight. And like it just it touched me so much because, again, if I was her age and I got to see that, like it would have changed my life. Mm-hmm. I just... I just love that I can be a part of that for other people, you know? Oh, yes. Yes. So, Vashina, one of Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries, you know, absolute most iconic songs is Fat Girl Tears. You tell us a little bit about tell us a little about the song. Like what what story is Fat Girl Tears weaving? Um, what's the background? You know, tell me a little bit about the process. Ooh, so Fat Girl Tears. Um, Amber wrote the the lyrics for Fat Girl Tears about you know being fat in the world and um, people fearing having a fat body like yours. Mm-hmm. You know, living through that trauma of not being accepted in this world yet still having and loving this body and instead of fighting to change to make yourself small or diminish yourself like we talked about before you would cry it out and then go on living Uh, you know yes idea to have a food fight for the music video. Okay, so that was a collective (laughs) effort because we all were trying to figure out like, what should we do for this video? We know we want to have all of these iconic fat activists or iconic artists. And um, we even had like Keziah Harrell Mm -hmm. and Jasmine LaVey. Like we just had all of these people who do work in activism. And so we were like, cool. So what are we going to do with all these fun people? And then I think during a practice, we were all like, oh my God, we should have a food fight. It's going to be so much fun. And it truly was. Like, we went in. It was so, so much fun. Oh, I just remember um, Craig Calderwood. She is an amazing artist in San Francisco. I remember her throwing a full hamburger and it's <laughs> sticking to my belly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, it was 
just the just the most amazing experience because what kid in the world like doesn't want to have a food fight with their friends yes. you know like who doesn't have that dream at some point you know <gasps> absolutely yeah uh, like that's so, like the it. food fight is one of the most iconic cinematic kid movie moments and I feel yes. like it never <laughs> happens in real life it's like I mean I grew up sort of always hoping that moment was about to happen and it never did same <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to like live it Same. out in my 30s was such a treat. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was the moment I will never forget. And we actually also at the end, we tried to take photos of ourselves and we're just like sliding around yes. on all this food on the ground. <laughs> the whole thing was just so powerful for so many reasons. But like, you know, to have all like all these fat bodied people dancing to begin with, right? Like being in a music video, wow. And then, <laughs> and then you've got all of these foods, like specifically that are sort of quote unquote off limits for fat people who are expected mm-hmm. to always be dieting and always be restricting food. And certainly you're not allowed to, you know, enjoy it, let alone in public, let alone throw it at people on film. <laughs> and, right. and it was just like the right. rule breaking gorgeousness of that was just so incredible. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, I love that idea too of off limit foods. Like, oh my gosh, so many of those things. Like, um, creme brulee was like that for me. That was one of those things. It was off limits because it's super quote unquote fatty foods. Yeah. It's, it's expensive. Yeah. It's like all of the things. Yes. I mean, it was just like, I felt like it was like a fat utopia. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm realizing that I think that, I think we have this idea, um, that, food and eating are kind of this, they're utilitarian. So they can't be part Mm -hmm. of a creative practice. They can't. But I'm like realizing as I'm talking to you that food and eating are a hundred percent also part of a creative practice. What do you think? True or false? Oh my God, yes. True or false? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. First of all, I love watching folks eat. I love being in the space where I am feeding them the delicious food. Like it really is this, this full sensory, like amalgam of creativity Mm -hmm. and, and nourishment. It is art. Food is art. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, I'm curious, right? Like you're talking about that journey from literally the back of the room to now you're on stage eating pizza at shows and screaming and singing (laughs) and you're front and center. You know, I'm curious, like, have you arrived? Like what is next (laughs) for you? I want to keep going. I want to travel the world. Like I would love to play this music in other countries. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I actually like for the, I don't know if you, you get to see those things, but at, um, at the end of the year, Spotify does those things of like, you've touched this many countries. Yes. Your music has been played in these places, right? So each year I love doing this like end of the year thing so I can see where we have been played. And some countries are so like, um, anti-gay and, very fat phobic still, you know, living in a, in a space again, where I felt like I lived as a kid and to think of (laughs) fuck you and your neo-Nazi friends or fat girl tears being played in spaces like that Mm. is what I've always wanted. So yeah, there is this feeling of 
yes, I've arrived. I've arrived in this body. I've arrived in this consciousness. Um, I'm even seeing the effect on other people, you know, actually cried with a fan at a show. We just talked about trauma and, and abuse and stuff and how, when we were younger, we we went through those things and how this music that I'm playing now makes them feel empowered. And that empowered me even more, you know, like at first this music was just to help me heal, us heal as, as friends, you know, like we were just going through things in life and we wanted to talk about it, right? Yes. And so I really feel like seeing that the music that we use to heal is now healing other people does make me feel like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what it's like, right? Like this is what this is what anybody would want when they create oh. is to be able to touch somebody. So, yeah, I do have this feeling of yes, I've arrived, but I also have this feeling of like let's keep going. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> let's go. And I would never have imagined at all. I would never have imagined that this is what my life would be like mm. when I was that girl on that bike. You know, like I could never, never have imagined that this is where we would be. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's like, I mean, that sense of possibility. I don't know. It just, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Like for the person who maybe is creatively inclined and is just like, I can't, I can't be broke. I can't be that creative person in this body. What would you tell them? Like, what, what's the tool that you would want to give them? Oh, that looking at life through other people's lenses is never, ever going to work. You have to do what makes you feel good in the moment because sometimes that thing that made you feel good in that moment is going to make someone else feel good, is going to feel like healing to you even, is going to get you to where you never knew you could go because you're living in your truth, in your body, in that second, you know. I felt like I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my future would look like mm. with the lens of other folks. Yes. And it was just such a setback. It was such a, a creative stunter, you know, like you just really can't, you can't function in that, you know? And so, yeah, I would, I would absolutely say that. I know everyone says this, but be true to yourself, be true to your creative process. Even if you feel like no one's going to understand, like it's not about them. It's about you expressing who you are in that moment because, to look back, like to look back on the art that you make before you knew what you know now, before you're the person you are now, is that healing? So I would just say, please don't stop doing what makes you feel good in this time because it will get you so much further, so much faster to live it in your own truth and in your own body. Vishina, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's been such a pleasure getting to talk with you. Oh, you too. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you for this delicious creme brulee. I'm living. Um, I'm going to go record today and think about you. <gasps> oh my God, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in love with her. I know you are too. Vishina, thank you for existing. Okay, so just to recap, Vishina taught us the importance of displaying French pastries as you cruise blissfully around town, how much fun food fights can be, the power of seeing bodies like yours front and center, and how friendship and art can save your life. 
What did you think? What's your version of Vashina's base? What are the practices that help remind you that you deserve more than diet culture? Reach out, DM me on socials at Virgie Tovar, DM our producers at Transmitter Pods, shoot us a message at rebeleatersclub at gmail.com. Rebel Eaters Club is brought to you by Transmitter Media. This episode was written and produced by Isabel Carter. Sarah Nix is Transmitter's executive editor. Wilson Sarah is our managing producer. And Greta Cohn is our executive producer. And I'm your host, Virgie Tovar. Rick Kwan is our mix engineer. Thanks to Takayasuzawa, who wrote some of the music we used in this episode. And special thanks to Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries for permission to use their music in this episode. You can find them and buy their albums at fattycakes.bandcamp.com. If you love Rebel Eaters Club, tell your friends and share the love by writing a review on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. You know, I love music, but I haven't picked up an instrument in years. You know why? I tell myself, I don't have time. Where am I going to find a teacher? Well, there's an answer. Musora. Musora is the place where you can learn essential skills and techniques with more than a hundred of the world's best teachers and musicians and thousands of famous songs. You get seven days totally free to try it out, and then it's just $30 per month, less than a single private lesson. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug right, needed. Let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.